Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the next program will follow in just over a minute. Hey, but before... hey, hey, you can't do that here. You can't do that here. Quiet. The next program will follow... Hoppy, yeah, Hoppy. Shut up, I'm on the air. Sorry about that, mate. Sorry about that, mate. Well, we've got to build a prefabricated bungalow, yeah? Prefabricated bungalow. <laughs> well, I'm not moving. Please yourself. Please yourself. Let's get on with it, then. Sorry. Right. right. I, I shall just carry on as if nothing were happening. So will we. Sorry. Right. Uh, ladies now, and gentlemen, uh, Mark the Andy next program foundation. will follow... Mark Andy Foundation. Right. Sorry about that, I'd like to remind you, Neville. Next week, at this time. Right, just fit it round there. Fit it round there. That's what I'm doing. Nashville, Tennessee. A star is born. 6th November, 1926, Wigan. Cole Rubar is born. Cole came of humble and modest parents. Congratulations, it's Quinn. Oh, it was nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Really. No. Let's, let's let his parents, now 68, which is a lot of parents, <laughs> set the scene for us. Well, of course, we rhubarbs have always been in showbiz. A lot of my relations were circus clowns. We always had red noses running in our family. <laughs> Isn't that so, Father? Oh, yes. My mother trod the boards and my father wore the plank. <laughs> we knew that Cole wanted to go on the stage the day he spoke his first word. I want to go on the stage. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I was about four when I began to tap out tunes on the piano. decided to make it on his own. Are you an agent, sir? I certainly am. I've been 30 years in the business. Of course, I'm retired now. I used to have a dog act. Murphy's performing dogs. Well, sit down. Sit. 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 <laughs> uh, 
a good dog. I mean, there's a good man. Well, what can I do for you, huh? Beg your pardon? No, sorry. I've really got out of the habit, as the monk said to the actress. I'm doing the act. Up, 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 Oh, well, look, I'm a songwriter. Hurry up. Well done. We'll make a poodle of you yet. But to write songs. So much the better. Whoever heard of a poodle writing songs? What an act. Now, just jump through this hoop and sign here. Oh, oh, my pen's running out. set about earning his living. He lived in a cold, damp attic at the top of a 12-storey block. It was hard for him to get down to work. There was no staircase. Thank you. <laughs> but eventually he made the big jump and managed to make himself concentrate. <laughs> Though he still found writing a painful process. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, well, hard work always has its just reward. Very 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 my and at last, and at last, in 1947, Cole Rhubarb wrote... were very nice to us. He got so excited. 
extrovert. He used to drive around in a great big purple sports car with a huge handlebar moustache. People used to shout out. Yeah, your car could do with a shave. <laughs> he never forgot his parents. He never even remembered them. But then one day, Solly called at his apartment. Hello, apartment. Look, kid, you've come a long way. You've, you've got everything. Fame, romance. You see, Cole, there's some very big gangsters interested in you. Oh! I've sold out. Your new boss will be calling on you tonight. Sure enough, that night, a woman burst in his dressing room. <laughs> and then something wonderful happened. Wonderful. Hey, that something wonderful was me. I didn't know you could play the trumpet. Oh, what's an innocent kid like you doing here? Let me shield you with this thing I play tennis with. I know, it's a protection racket. You're right. Pugsy Moore and send me to blackmail you. Oh, I'm sure Pugsy isn't after me money. Seems rather a nice fellow. He's the one with that delicious red tie. That was his tongue. I can't believe bad of him. But it was true. Cole Rhubarb was being offered wealth at the price of crime and corruption. How could he accept such a despicable offer like that? By saying yes. <laughs> yes, like that. He began to make records with the backing of the gangsters. I love you, I love you, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a rotten backing they were. Cole was big money now. Rhubarb shares were rocketing. Rhubarb stocks were soaring. Rhubarb bonds were booming. Wall Street crash. <laughs> Cole Rhubarb fell off his bike. Oh, I've fractured me larynx. I've lost me voice. He couldn't sing. He bent his fingers so that he could only write backwards. Cole Rhubarb was finished. But even then, he remembered the old song. They smile when they are low. Take that stupid grin off your face. <laughs> <laughs> Three months later, penniless, he returned to England and he sat in his dingy attic in Wigan. There was a tap at the door and another at the window and another by his bed. <laughs> his spirits were low and he was almost out of beer, but he drank and drank. Within a year, he was a waterholic. <laughs> then, seven years later, his mother sent him a note. <laughs> it went. Help you to start writing songs again. Keep fighting, lad. I hate to see a rhubarb crumble. And so he did start again. But of course, styles had changed and trends were leaving him behind. Come back, friends! However, let's be nostalgic and conclude this tribute to Cole Rhubarb by hearing again that well-loved favourite which echoes Cole's feeling for show business. <laughs> Oh, I love the smell of the grease paint. I love the roar of the crowd. I love the opening nights, the dancers in their tights. Oh, isn't it enough to make you proud? So why don't we turn all the lights down? Help, help! Why don't we strike up the band? Show me my old straw hat. Show me my walking cane. Oh, look, a walking cane. Oh, give me a... 
Where'd you want it? I love a show. I love a show. I love to go out every night and see a show. Oh, well, I love to see the lady on the trampoline. I love to see a stripper when it gets obscene. I love the size. Morecambe and Wise. Oh, how I love it when they throw the stripper wine. I've even got a radio and just now and then I listen to I'm sorry, I'll read that again. And even when the audience goes, I love a show, I love a show, I love a show. I love a show, I love a show. Oh, how I love to take a girl out to a show. I took her to the cinema, though her mother said no. And you should have cinema when her ma got to know. I love the boo, I love the cue. Why do you wear bones on your shoes? Good lights. Oh, I love to see the ferrets on the flying trapeze. I love the timber tailor and I love John Cleese. I love it when the critics let you know. I love a show, I love a show, I love a show. John Cleese, play the Let's go to the Sassanax. What? No. Where's my duck? Uh, uh, 
Ah, there he is. <laughs> Come on. Let's put an end to them all. <laughs> In the silence of the night, the sinister twosome creep cat-like to the kitchen door. Yes. Slowly they open it. Yes. Softly they close it behind them. Yes, yes, yes. They pause and listen for any sound from the sleeping guest. Yes, 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 yes. Cautiously. Carefully. They creep into the room. Yes, 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 yes. Stealthily. They glide among the sleepers and stand silently above them. And then... Boom! We do apologize. do apologize if any of our listeners at home were startled by that. We realized it was unbearably horrifying, but we felt we had to do it in case some of you were asleep. <laughs> the sudden silence stirred the guests. <laughs> Lady Constance woke up grimbling. Grimble, grimble, grimble. What's going on? There's a man in the room. Oh, Bent on wicked deeds. You're even better. You don't understand. This might be the end. What a way to go! Almost savagely, Lady Constance threw herself on McFergus. He moved like lightning. He escaped, but not before Lady Constance had whipped his kilt away. Well, we've seen the end of him. Next morning, we were all well on the way to Kathmandu, except Gimbling, who was ill on the way to Kathmandu. We struggled on through the desert, and then at about three o'clock, we came across a bridal path. Can you help us? I can lend you some horses. Ah, you must be the groom. Of course. We were soon, we were soon mounted, and very nice we looked too. At five o'clock... At five o'clock, we stopped at a little cafe at a crossroads for muffins and a nice cuppa. Ah, a tea junction. And at six o'clock, we reached the end of the road. Oh, it stopped. It's all right. Look, there's something here. What, what is, is it? it? A city. Oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, Kathmandu, city of my dreams. Are you quite sure? Yes, read the notice over there. Ah, it says, Kathmandu, city of your dreams. Please do not snore. Remember, Sergeant Wong told us we'd find a clue to the green eye at the old cock and bull, the worst pub in Kathmandu. I wonder where it is. Sir, sir, I found it, I found it. Oh, good. Press the doorbell. Ah, swinging doors. In we go. Barman, give me a beer. We don't serve beer. Whiskey? No. Wine? No. Gin? Vodka? Cherry brandy with a mouse in it? No, 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 no. We don't say this is the worst pub in Kathmandu for nothing. All right, here's a pal. Oh, thank you. This is the worst pub in Kathmandu. Well, now we're looking for the green eye. We were told to come here. Well, I'm afraid I can't help. But do you see the chorus girl's dressing room? Yes. Well, it'd be a good place to look. Is the green eye in there, then? No, but it'd be a good place to look. Perhaps I should introduce you to the high priestess of the ancient order of the little yellow dog. Would she be a good place to look? <laughs> I'm afraid not. But I'll call her over. High priestess. Hi, barman. In a few moments, I'd obtained the information I wanted. At last, I knew where to get it. Then I asked about the green eye. She took us out into the dark streets. This is Little Dark Alley. He'll lead you now. And if anyone needs a haircut, he's your man. Yes, I'm an Alibaba. Come, 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 come. 
I will lead you to the shrine of the green eye. Soon we were crawling on hands and knees. I crawled on Grimbling's hands and Fiona crawled on my knees. <laughs> Ali led us to a scented garden. It seemed to have a strange effect on me. <laughs> this is a famous, fabulous, scented garden where everything is good and fabulous and beautiful and best and where everyone's rich and famous and happy. It's magnificent, sensational. He's raving. Yes, Ali's in Wonderland. <laughs> then, suddenly... Look, an enormous door. How extraordinary. Why? There's no house there. Yes, yes, there it is. It's a very small house. I know what's on the other side of that door. What? A doorknob. Let's open it and see. Nibbled by the immense anything but yellow dog. 
Is this really the last episode? What on earth will we do next week if it is? Go ahead, smash! Bye! Flying Wombat, another edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. Good. The voices you heard were those of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bill Oddie. The scripts were by Graham Gardner and Bill Oddie, and Bill Oddie also wrote the songs. Isn't he a clever little thing? Mm. <laughs> the music was provided by Dave Lee, and the whole thing was produced by Humphrey Barclay.